Welcome to Genius Leadership Podcast, where we discuss how to overcome everything as a leader. I'm your host, Anna Lieben, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighting mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders. We discuss their roller coaster ride of leading from their zone of genius and when they don't. If you find this show valuable, please subscribe and share it so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, Genius Leaders, welcome to a solo episode that will be a personal update with a lot of learnings for yourself, whether it is for your own well-being or for someone around you in the professional context or in personal. So let's just dive straight into the topic. I burned out. I figured out early or end of June it was. Ironically, it was in the context of the project that I've been doing with Maria, the student who you've heard uh, on several episodes uh, uh, on the show in the summer. And our project was about founders' burnout and how to prevent it in the local context here in Iceland. And for that project, we did a series of uh, interviews and had uh, multiple conversations. And during one of those conversations, a uh, uh, a local entrepreneur, uh, Heike Gudjans Gudmundsson, was talking about his definition of burnout. And he said, to me, burnout is when you have been running on empty for so long that you just need to lie down. And it could be for two days, it could be for two weeks, or for two months, or for two years that you need to lie down. And he said, and I've been on the whole spectrum of those stages of burnout. And I just started crying. I just had tears running down my cheeks when he said it. And I just said, like, yeah, I feel your pain. But the more we talked in that conversation and how I was processing that on the way home while we were driving from the meeting uh, with Maria to my place to continue working together, the more I was realizing that I was not feeling his pain, but it was more that he gave the words to my pain. And the thing is, that was end of June. My husband was in, um, in Japan for his work trip for a week. And two days before that conversation with Höker, I actually wrote to my husband that I just want to lie down so that no one touches me for two days. I just want to hide under the blanket, sleep, I think, and I said, and knit or something like this. And I was like, holy shit, I'm in a burnout. And it's funny that it came to me like this because I'm, I'm working with this on a daily basis, but hey and ho, we're good at denying things and ignoring things when it comes to it. And Mind you, I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff to take care of myself, like continuous or regular sports. I do sports four to six times per week. I move daily, whether it's biking or walking uh, for commuting. I do mindset practices. Uh, I meditate daily for, I don't know how much, how many days. I don't have my phone around me to check how many days in a row I have done it, but, um, for many months, I have not skipped a day to meditate. I'm uh, doing kind of movement snacking, what Jason Donnelly has been talking about here on the show on a daily basis and whatnot. So I shouldn't be burning out, right? Wrong. <laughs> here I am. So I want to guide you through the things that I did since that realization and um, also roll back in time to winter or early spring this year when I had one of the signals that I kind of took in, but I kind of ignored, so I didn't take it in properly. And I think that will be an important one 
even though it might be triggering because the thoughts are serious or might be difficult to listen to. Anyways, Friday morning, we're having an interview with Heiker. Lunchtime, I'm realizing I'm in a burnout. Afternoon, I spend first trying to look at some vacation because I was like, okay, if I have this wish of lying down and not being touched by anyone, I need to get away from my daily life and just give myself rest. And the whole May and June here in Iceland have been like super depressing weather-wise. It was gray. We barely saw the sun in two months. And that was very difficult because you think you have survived winter. Now the summer is coming and the summer kind of never came. So I felt like going away somewhere in Iceland would just completely smash me because it would still be depressing outside. So I was like, okay, if I want to rest in a quality way, then I probably need to get out into the sun. So I looked for some uh, sunny destinations vacation-wise and the flights were just super ridiculous uh, in prices because I would be looking at the hot season, the, the vacation. So I was like, okay, I could buy those tickets. I could stay somewhere for several days and rest. But I wouldn't really rest mentally because I would be thinking like how much money I'm spending right now on this and how selfish it is of me to spend this money of our family that we might be putting aside for something specific otherwise and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, uh, going on vacation like that will not help my mental state because there would be some other things that would just make me stressed. I realized that resting at home would not work either. Because in that moment, I I understood that working from home, amazing as it is, I absolutely love my home. I have a separate room for the office that is ergonomic with a <clears throat> adjustable desk, an external screen, whatnot. But the whole home is associated for me with work. And that was a heavy realization because, as I said, I love my home. We're living in a dream apartment with view on mountains and water from every window of our flat. It's spacious. It's fresh. It has good vibe to it. It's just a dream that I never imagined could come true while living in the city. So understanding that that might be contributing, this place might be contributing to my mental state was a difficult one. But I got reminded of my mom's visit in April this year when she said, like, you never switch off your brain. You, you're like, everything is work-related. Whatever we do, whatever you listen to or read, it kind of guides you back to what can I do with this in my work? How can I help my clients better? How can I serve them more? How can I uh, put it into content to provide value for the people? And la, 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 la. And I was like, that's true. I'm, I'm in that for passion, right? I love this topic, but at the same time, it's slowly eating me and I do need to switch it off. So I understood that I need the context switch somehow for that rest. And when realizing that I cannot go for a small vacation for myself, either abroad or in Iceland, I did the next most logical thing you can do applied for a job so friday afternoon i'm applying for a job a part-time job i have been having on my radar for three weeks since then so early june i went for a massage and my masseuse was saying that she has this job she's a, an assistant to a person with disabilities and she does um, for that person she does 24-hour shifts three four per day or per week per day per month so that is her kind of baseline income. And then massage she does for more for fun for her professional kind of learning and, and continuous development and so on. And I was like, that sounds nice on many levels, that kind of job. So I actually checked their website and looked at what you need to do to apply and so on and so forth. But I never took the step until that Friday afternoon when I realized that the vacation is not an option. So 
I applied to four positions, so assisting to four different people, and those that were relevant, where I didn't, I don't know, fluent Icelandic, and who were okay with uh, a part-time job. During the weekend, I'm getting a reply from one of them. Monday afternoon, I'm on at that person's place for an interview. Wednesday morning, I go there for the first training shift. So that was my journey with realization of my own burnout on Friday until Wednesday, I started a new job. And that might sound ridiculous, but honestly, to me, this job taking a lot of, is ticking a lot of boxes. So first of all, I, I need to help people. I need to provide value, right? And this job is a clear tick in that box. I am helping someone live an independent life, even though they have some physical disability. It's uh, making someone's life better, which is one of integral things of my inner compass. So this is super important for me. The other thing is the uh, to provide income uh, for the family. So my business is going up and down. There is still no super good stability that I would be on the corporate level of my income that I had before moving to Iceland on a monthly basis. So I do take sal- just take salary out, but it is not at the same level as I would have if I would go back to corporate here. And that puts pressure on me. Uh, we're fine as a family. Uh, we're making it really well. Our ends meet and, you know, <laughs> have extra like vacations and whatnot. So uh, we're having a good life, but it's, it's still pressuring me that I'm not completely contributing how I could have financially. So that is also offloaded by this job. Thirdly, I'm getting out of home. I'm meeting some other person or people when we go out with that person that I'm working for. I'm getting a different context and it really helps me to switch off as what my mom commented on in the spring. I don't think about my work when I'm there and especially in the beginning. Now I'll check. I'll explain what I do right now. But um, in, in the beginning, I was super strict that I don't take my work physically like laptop and do some work related stuff or mentally think about it. Uh, while I'm on the shifts there. I didn't use my LinkedIn on the phone, nothing like this. So I really put effort into having that time for myself. So the thing is that during the shift, there is a lot of time when I'm not needed. So I'm there to provide support when the person needs the help with anything of their daily tasks. But in between, I'm just sitting there and waiting or standing there and waiting and so on. So I use the time to double down on practices for myself. So I would listen to some fiction, audiobook, and knit. I would journal, I would meditate, I would do my uh, daily snacking exercises, whatnot. So I was really just trying to take it easy and help my state to recalibrate itself. What I said about now, that now that I'm back to work, picking up with uh, my company, because in the summer, everyone had vacation. Now, if I'm on a day shift, then I might do some work-related stuff. So I do take my company work into there, which is absolutely fine with my employer, the person I'm uh, helping there when I'm not needed to do some other work-related stuff. But I do limit it. I'm not doing highly intensive mental work. And uh, it's more about admin things, catching up on things that I have been procrastinating on, or things like that. So one hour there gets me further with things that I'm haven't been doing because they just felt uncomfortable and so on. It feels good right now. I might adjust it when it gets even busier, then I maybe need more rest again, and then that work is my rest space. And last, 
part is also that it's a nice bike ride from home uh, to the person's home. So for now, it was amazing because I could bike for 40 minutes per day through nice parks, enjoy the good weather. That's the <laughs> thing that I will need to recalibrate as well, how to approach the biking when autumn and winter weather. We started looking at the studded tires with my husband that I probably invest in that hmm, for the winter so that it's easier to uh, commute as well. So you see, there are a lot of things that really tick the boxes for me. I, I got to move outside while commuting. I got to switch the context. I got to be around people. I got to be useful. I'm provided, par- contributing to the finances of my family. So it just makes sense. So this was my journey with the burnout so far. How I'm noticing or what kind of thing I'm noticing is that the days when I would work for my own company, if I try to squeeze a lot of things in because I have fewer days with the shifts there as as an assistant, I realize that that's what I cannot do. I don't have the capacity for a lot of context switching. So I try to block longer blocks to, to work on the same task or very similar tasks that I don't need to switch context. And the same with the calls and meetings. I top it at three because at some point when I had five meetings and calls in the, in the day, I would just get into panic and anxiety. Everything was going to hell in my head and uh, it was just not a pleasant space to be. And it took a lot of effort to get out of that. So I'm really mindful that, okay, I don't need, like don't have capacity for a lot right now. And as I said, it's not about the time spent in the meetings and calls it's more the context switch in between them so it could be three longer things i i do have days when i I deliver several workshops in a day plus have a private coaching session that is fine because then it's three still three things and the context switching is not as demanding so that's a bit about how i've been managing my burnout i do feel right now anxious because of the next one and a half weeks first uh, this night we're going to France for a family reunion on my husband's side. And then on Sunday night, I'm coming back home uh, with my uh, daughter. My husband stays there in the, uh, mainland Europe for a conference for another week. So I have a full week with my daughter alone while still having those two jobs, like my own company and the assistant job. So I'm a bit anxious of how that will go, how I'll provide space for myself to rest and um recover but um, i'm asking for help i asked my sister to come over one of the evenings uh, and help my daughter and so on and so forth so we'll see i i report how that went if that is interesting for you to know now i want to roll back to one thing that happened early this year that in the context of my burnout really made me reflect a lot so there was this moment when i felt low i felt overwhelmed i really wanted to escape <laughs> everything and to rest and um, one of those days I just took a walk with my sister we went for a coffee at a cafe we had some honest conversations about that and I just kind of yeah opened up about those things I mean I'm honest with her about those things we just kind of uh, discussed it more because it was quite it felt quite bad and then on the way walk home when I was walking alone I was passing the river and uh, I looked in and I was like I just had this impulse of jumping in into the river from the bridge and the thing is that this, the thought didn't scare me. And as I said, if it's triggering for you, I'm, I'm sorry. And I, I hope you can pause and recover. But I'll, I'll just share what was going on with me at that moment. I didn't take it as a suicidal thought. Not at all. I just looked at it very straightforward. Like, okay, it's, um, 
not a very deep river. It's not a very broad one. I'm okay swimmer. I'm a good swimmer. Usually when I train, I do 1.3 kilometers. So I just realized like, okay, this means that I would get out on the coast or like on the riverbank and walk home. But that would mean that I would probably get some serious cold, pneumonia, whatever, because it was still very cold. The water was very cold and I would need to still walk 10, 15 minutes home. And I was like, oh, that's my body wanted to lie down and rest for several days. And it's kind of pushing me to do it through thoughts like that. And in the context of my burnout, I just, in the summer, started reflecting on how many people actually get those kind of signs from their body when they're tired, they're exhausted, they're burnt out, and they take them as suicidal thoughts. And they either make it mean something about them, that make it part of their identity, that I'm suicidal, or even worse than that, they actually go and implement on that thought, successfully or not. This is something that I'm still processing. I know that I will be talking about that. In my content, I, I do think we need to address it. Because if I had those thoughts, I'm sure I'm not alone. And if I had the tools to actually look into what's behind it, and then I brought it to my therapist the next week, and we talked about it, and I took some action, how important it is to have those tools to actually look at what's behind this thought of jumping into the winter river from the bridge. And acting on that, and helping yourself with that, instead of just going and jumping off the bridge into the winter river. So this is something I really want to emphasize. Whenever you have any kind of dark thoughts, look beneath them. What is your mind, what is your body trying to to tell you with those thoughts? What is the story that is going on? Where you might be not noticing something or ignoring it or pushing it down, denying it like I was doing. And I want to emphasize how important it is to have this support network around yourself with whom you can share, with you, with whom you should share, and who can take it somehow into action, take the load off you and help you carry it in a help more in a healthier and more sustainable way. So that's another point I wanted to make here, how important it is to have the support network. And the last thing I want to say is how important it is to talk about these experiences. Haker, whom we interviewed, said that he never does kind of public speaking on specifically on mental health for entrepreneurs, even though he's been through multiple burnouts, including those that kicked him out of the kind of out of work mode for over a year and he had to sell his business and so on. So he says that people will not come, people will not listen. It's difficult for people to admit that they might be interested in the topic of mental health for themselves uh, as entrepreneurs. But whenever he talks about whatever, he mentions it ever so slightly in one sentence or so that it is a tough journey and he's had his valleys on the journey and it's important to normalize it. And inevitably, people come to him afterwards and say, thank you for mentioning that. I'm going through something like this right now. It was very important for me to hear from you that it's, it's normal, it's part of the journey and so on and so forth. So it helps people to open up. And you see him talking about his definition of burnout helped me. It was that last drop or it was this correct drop that helped me just face what I was going through myself. So I really want to emphasize this as well. If you have any experience with challenges with your mental health or whatever like that, talk about it because you never know whom you can inspire for action, 
whom you could motivate to take another day or go and ask for help, whatever it is. So please don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it as a secret. We all need to talk about that. We need to talk about it for ourselves to heal and process and get out on the other side. We also need to talk about it for the others to normalize the conversation, to bring light to it, because it's not fun to be alone in the darkness. So just to summarize, it's okay to take weird actions that might not seem logical to the others when you're in tough moments. It's also important to look at what's behind your thoughts, whether it's negative self-talk, whether it is some self-harm thoughts or whatever it is. It's important to have the support network, professional and personal, like me with my therapist, with my business mastermind buddies, Liz and Kamal. Liz has been on the podcast a couple of times. I bring thoughts to them. We will look at them from different perspectives. I have my husband to share. I have my friends, family members to share with. And I do that. It helps. It helps. It helps. I want to emphasize that sharing helps. And I want you to do that. And also, if someone starts sharing with you, hold that space. It's uncomfortable. You might want to just dive into like, okay, let's solve it. I don't want you to think like this. I don't want you to feel like this. Don't go there. Just hold that space. Give people space to share. Don't make it about yourself. Don't be selfish about like, oh, it's uncomfortable. I need to get out of this uncomfort. So I need to fix it for them as soon as possible. No, it's not about you. It's about them. Keep it that at that. And if you honestly can't deal with that, be honest about that and say, I would love to be a good, of good help for you. But I, all I think about is my discomfort and I don't want to be the selfish jerk. So maybe we should find someone else who can provide better help for you who can hold better and safer space for you for this sharing and lastly it's important to share when we have had those experiences with the others because you never know who's looking for that one sign one hint from the universe and you might be that sign and that hint for people to not take their life today to give it another day or to go and ask for help or to dare and take that step that they are dreaming about what not. So be that ray of light. You never know for whom it will show something that they need to, but it's always better to do that. So I'll keep you updated on this journey. There are a lot of things I'm reflecting on and remaking in my business to make sure that it's not dragging me down like it has been doing recently. And there are some difficult decisions to make because I see that the most revenue is coming from one stream that is that I'm less passionate about than the others where my heart is. So I'm I'm now in this active search of finding that balance of having a sustainable business that actually supports me and provides for me and my family, and at the same time feels very meaningful, very impactful. So I'm you might notice some changes here, but I'm committed to having this podcast going. I hope I'll have the energy for that. I give myself two months from now. So until end of October, I'm definitely going with it as I usually do. And then we'll re-relate. So if you're listening, if you are always checking in this show and you're learning from it, or you're getting some inspiration or whatever it is, I would be forever grateful if you let me know about that because right now I need any kind of rain or, or, or rain, <laughs> ray of light uh, that I can get to really recharge myself continuously and uh, find a better, more sustainable way to run this business and help others without 
too much of a cost on myself. Thanks for being part of the Genius Leadership community and um, talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Genius Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button. Please rate, review, and share to help more people discover the show and become the better leaders. For more conversations about living in your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honors conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be a guide in overcoming everything.